0: Heather O'Reilly, it is an honor to have you on. Welcome to Hope Solo Speaks. This is the sixth World Cup edition, and we've had some phenomenal guests, some absolutely outstanding, some of the best of the best in the soccer industry. And uh, I, I can't tell you how excited I am to have you on all the way from Qatar. Yeah, thanks, Hope. Thanks for having me.
1: Um, yep, I'm I'm talking to you from Doha right now. I got here yesterday. Um, I am here with FIFA. I'm part of a group called FIFA Legends, which I'm sure that you are as well. Hope.
0: No, I'm boycotted from all of our FIFA and U.S. soccer family. But thank you.
1: What? You're <laughs> no. You're still a FIFA legend. Thank um, you. Yeah, I don't know how how it was decided, like who who got the invite to come to this five side tournament. But a five side
0: tournament.
1: Yeah, it's called the FIFA Legends Cup. Well, five plus a keeper, so I guess six aside uh, is what it turned out to be. So
0: there's actually goalkeepers, and I'm still not invited. There was goalkeepers. So there who was were the goalkeepers? Keepers.
1: Let's start with that. Um, Jorge <laughs> Campos. Campos. Oh, was, so um, it was men and women. Men and women, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Men and women. I love me some Jorge Campos, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. He uh, he was injured, so he didn't play. So no, we definitely could have used you back there. Do you do you play much? Like, our, how's your shoulder feeling? Uh,
0: I'm old, and my shoulder, you know, it allows me to live. I, I probably could never dive again in my life, though. Let's be honest. Okay. okay but okay. did you win the tournament? Because if you did. I mean, I would put my money on any of your teams when it comes to. Well, fed. thank you. Thank you. Um,
1: we so the, the tournament started today and we played three matches. They were only two times 15 minutes and <laughs> we went. Uh, yeah. a win, Two wins and a tie. So we're in like the crossover um, game. It will be with the other side of the, the bracket, which is a little bit more difficult. This will be the South Americans and the Europeans. So they're playing right now. So, uh, yeah, well, I mean the North pretty, American pretty, team
0: has to win at something,
1: right? I know. Well, we got to win the five aside. <laughs> if we can win this five, I mean, I don't know. It's pretty star studded on the other side of the bracket. Like Cafu is here. Roberta Carlos Get out of here. Who's on your Kaka. team? Um, uh, my team is myself, Christine Lilly, Alexi Lalas, Stu
0: Holden. Oh, I, I feel really bad. I I don't have a lot of faith in you guys. Dwayne
1: Rosario from Canada.
0: Well, that sounds that sounds really fun. The World Cup of small sided games. You know, when I think back to you, your first time not not your first time. You you had been a part of the national team for a long time, but I was older than you, um, and so I saw you as like this little kid, kind of. You know, this this little yeah. kid came on the scene. She was a Tar Heel. She's from North Carolina. And we played small sided games. And that is when I was like, holy shit, this kid is something else. He's unforgettable. Like you couldn't forget you when you're on the small sided pitch, of course, on the big pitch also. But that shot of yours, I'll never forget. That was the first time that you just woke me up to the talents of these, these, these young kids come through the system. I mean, you are the epitome of, of, what us soccer wants to be like the talent, the speed, you're obviously like incredible teammate. Um, you played both offense and defense, your service into the box. Like you were legit as a kid. And I still saw you as a kid. Can you believe that?
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I can (laughs) see, I can see that because I think it's like one of those things that like, um, I don't know. I don't know if you would agree, Hope, but sometimes I feel like we were like in this like time warp of our time, like with the U S team, like people that you do view as kids. And I think that like, even now, so I'm coaching at university of North Carolina with Anson. And, and I think that there's some times where like, I still do feel like a kid and and he, I don't want to say treats me like a kid, but like, he's still my coach. Like, and now I'm trying to cross over to that. Um, the new frontier of now being, you know, in, in media and, you know, on the sideline and things like that. And it's like, it is true. Like you have to remind yourself, like I'm a 37 year old woman that's played, you know, 200 something times, like for my national team. And I think because I did come onto the national team at a young age, like you're, like you're saying, sometimes your relationships stay sort of like, the way that like when you met each other, you know, so um yeah, I don't, I don't blame you for like sort of having that feeling. And.
0: Well, I don't ever want to disrespect you that that was my first memory of you. We obviously played in a lot of world yeah. cups and Olympics together. Yeah. And, and I look at you as, as a equal fellow teammate, a woman, a hard work- working teammate and woman. And by the way, you know, I, I need to ask you what you've been up to in these last few years, because I know obviously that. Motherhood is is very hard work, but maybe you can uh, tell the listeners what you have been up to in the last three years or so.
1: Yeah, so I um, retired internationally from the U.S. team in 2016, and I decided that, like, even though that chapter was you know closed, that I still wanted to enjoy playing the game. So I I played over at Arsenal for a year and a half, and then I finished my career at University. Oh, sorry, jeez, at North Carolina Courage in 2019. And um, so that that was wonderful. The reason why I'm saying and um, because there's a little bit of an extra part. When I was <laughs> over at Arsenal, we we weren't in Champions League. We never qualified when I had come there. We got third the year before and only the top two teams at that point made Champions League. And so I went there. And I was like, ah, they're not in Champions League, but it's OK. As you know, like we've done a lot of cool stuff like it was like not a big deal. I was like, well, maybe one of my goals is before I leave, I could get the team back to Champions League football. And uh, unfortunately, we fell short in that again. And we got third again uh, in the the WSL. So my Champions League dream at that point was, you know, kind of over. And it was always this thing in the back of my head that kind of uh, irritated me. Fast forward though, it was the right
0: decision for me to like come well, home. Well, because to North you've Carolina. done it all, right? You've won the exactly. College Club, the Olympics, the World Cup, but you still don't have a Champions League title. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So as you know, as a competitor, like things like that, like they just like eat at you. But you know, I I, I attempted to turn the page and uh went to North Carolina Courage and we won, which was wonderful. And um and yeah, in 2019, you know, I was 34 and you know, I, I felt like I was in a good place to retire. Like, um, you know, had done it as you, as you noted earlier, like I started at a young age, like I was definitely like a very young bloomer, I guess, or, you know, early bloomer, I guess you can say. So, you know, I had achieved these things early on and, uh, and then it was time to, you know, kind of look at the next things that me and my family and and my husband, Dave, like we wanted to have kids. And so, um, So I had two babies, one in 2020 and one in 2021. Will is my oldest. He's two and a half. And Jack is a year old. And so um, to wrap up this roundabout way of saying it, I had the two babies. And then uh, this year, I got the itch to go back to the field to go after that Champions League dream. Um, what started as like me just playing in this kick around game, being inspired by Arson Banger, who was my manager, he said, Heather, you are still very good. You should still play. <laughs> and I said, oh, well, thanks Arson for saying that I have two kids now I've done it. It's, it's, it's done and dusted. He goes, Oh, you should give it a try. And so I pulled up the UEFA website. I said, what team could I play on in uh, champions league? So I could play champions league football. And that took me over to Shelburne FC in Dublin. Um, A completely amateur team in Ireland. Not, not even like they're they're not even allowed to pay players if if they wanted to. And uh, I told them my situation. I said, "Listen, like this is just for Champions League. Like I don't want any misconceptions." Um, And they said, "We would love to have you." So I went and played Champions League this last year. Um, We lost in the second round, to be clear, but that's okay. (laughs) Uh, That was like that was kind of expected. But I scored in the first match, so I got my Champions League itch. I got a goal you know, I don't, I'm not a champions league winner, but, um, but I did it. So that was like, a, that was a fun, uh, anti-retirement let's say. So, uh, I think, I think that my playing days are done, but you know, what, we'll, you're going to yeah, be back we'll, in the NWSL we'll
0: by next season.
1: <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so I'm a mom, I had this little comeback, but, um, yeah. So besides that, uh, I'm doing, you know, some TV work and, and some coaching. I think that those are two the two avenues that I'm I've put some energy into. And of course being a mom of two, as you know, it takes up a lot of time.
0: Of course. And uh what who are you coaching? I thought you told me you were coaching boys at one point, right?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, no, good, good memory. So I've been the volunteer assistant with the University of North Carolina the last couple of seasons. Unfortunately, we had a devastating result in the national final versus yeah, UCLA.
0: Can't... Yeah. I believe if my memory serves me well, you guys had two different leads in the game.
1: Yes. Ooh. Yeah, Oops. no, we not even two different leads. We were up two nil with 10 minutes to go. Yes. So we were up. up yes, goal. we were up two nil. Yeah, we nice. were up two nil with 10 That's minutes to go. So it was a it was a really tough one. We got very, very close. I mean, the their goal came with 16 seconds left in the match on a corner kick. So, you know, it's obviously like devastating for the players. I would have loved to get a uh, title for Anson, you know, it's been uh, now 10 yeah. years since, yeah. since we've won at UNC. So that would have been nice, but um, what can you do? You got to move on in life. And uh, the I know the players are motivated already for next year, but besides being the volunteer assistant with UNC, I, um, I, you know, in order to really investigate if I want to like pursue coaching at like a high level, I need to get reps as a head coach, you know, like I need to, I clearly there are so many differences between being a head coach and assistant. So I, I just, you know, needed basically to like pick lineups, uh, give the team talks, um, you know, do, do those session plans, lead the sessions. Like there's a lot that I think that I, I I contributed at UNC, like no doubt. I was certainly like, as you can imagine, always jumping into the sessions if we needed a number or pulling the players aside, giving some advice and and stuff like that. But it's way different being a head coach. So uh, I picked up this under 15 NCFC boys team uh, and I'm just having such a blast. It's only been about a month. So um, I'm sure I'll have my frustrations with them. But so far, uh, we're, we're one, one and one on the, you know, the t- in the results, but not that that matters. I think that they're, uh, they're developing, they're learning. And, um, and I, I really think I like working with young people. I think that that's my, my, that's my passion. I think, you know, I've enjoyed some other things that I've kind of dabbled in, but I think my heart always pulls me back to working with that sort of age group. My major at UNC was in middle school education. So I like the college age. I like, you know, the thought of coaching professionally, but you have to also just like listen to your heart and what speaks to you, I think. And I just really like working with young people.
0: So uh, we'll see how it goes uh, working with the boys. It sounds like you have the best of both worlds, though. I mean, you're coaching young boys, right? 14-year-old boys, which is incredible. I mean, they're being coached by this this legend, you know, an Olympian, a World Cup winner, Somebody who's a great player in their own right, and they're being coached by. I mean, there's so many different intricacies in this. I think it's incredible that you know you're you're leading these young men, and I also think it's incredible that you're learning from one of the best when it comes to Anson Dorrance. You know, obviously, I don't think there's any debate that Anson Dorrance is one of the best, or if not the best, (laughs) college coach in the game throughout history. And and you're learning from the best, and then you're given what you've experienced and. Your new set of knowledge, and and you get to experience that with these fourteen year old boys. I think it's, I think it's perfect. You know, it's it's the best of both worlds. It's
1: an It's interesting, right now. I think that you say that because it's like, yeah, there's so many things that that you can pick from coaches. Like, okay, what does that person do that I really like? How would I change that? Um, And you have to say true to yourself. You know, I think that a lot of UNC and a lot of the U.S. national team, like is my line of thinking like historically uh, what the, you know, the foundation of the team is about. Like we were laughing about the five V five games that like went to the death, you know? And like, of course, like that's, that's me, but there are things that I want to like put my stamp on and develop my own uh, coaching style. So it's been a fun, you know, couple of months, just kind of, yeah. Thinking through that. And um, yeah, we'll see where the, where the future goes with that, but I'm enjoying it for now.
0: All right. So back to Will and Jack real quick. Um, What I've seen historically is that these incredible, phenomenal female athletes will have children, somehow get back in shape and actually be better than they were. So I want to know, and that's what we've seen with, obviously, our former captain, Chrissy Rampone, right? You know, get the babies out and then just get back in shape and be a World Cup. Phenomenal, incredible, fastest still on the team, so in shape. How, how does somebody like that do it? And now you've been through it. So I want to know because I'm not back into playing shape after having two kids. How, how did you do it? Did you have a trainer?
1: Um, it's a good it's a good question, because I think when when Christy, um, you know, she probably felt like some pressure in order to, like, get back to the national team like that was she was still playing. Mm-hmm. And I and you, you know, we kind of did it differently, I suppose, like we were done or so I thought, you know, what I mean, we were done with our playing <laughs> career. So we didn't have that same pressure to like, I got to get back, you know, at three months or four months, whatever it was. So, um, yeah, I feel pretty fit now. So I'm a year after um, Jack just had his first birthday, like a couple of weeks ago around Thanksgiving Um, I am somebody that needs some sort of like a timeline or like a goal. And so I actually ran the Boston Marathon um, last April. So that was, uh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So that was something like I needed a physical goal in order to, um, yeah, to like, yeah, to put that pressure on yourself to to come back. Else I would need a trainer because it's really, really hard to motivate yourself the same way that we are used to. So um, I would not say that I'm as fit, but I'm in pretty good shape, I'm not good enough shape that I can play with the UNC team. I can, you know, play with my 15 year old boys. And And the good thing about the Chapel Hill community is that there's a lot of players around, like all the time. There's a lot of people that come back into town to visit. There's a lot of coaches around. So we have a pretty solid, like lunchtime soccer league, we call it which is, I would say, usually around like 77 or so, um, but it's just a trash cans. It's just for fun. But I am like playing, you know, every couple of days. and And I don't like I don't like going too long without playing soccer because I feel like that's that's my body's like equilibrium. Like that's where I feel really good and sort of, you know, we did it for so long. And so that's where I like when I'm at least playing a few times a week, I feel like my body feels good.
0: Well, I play in my dojo with my husband who obviously wasn't a soccer player, but that's about the level I'm at right now. I kicked the ball with my football, American football playing husband against the the kicking wall in our dojo. That's, that's about, oh,
1: okay. well, but I, it's, it's I the time like of our lives. You're, <laughs> yeah. You're a beast athlete. Hope don't put yourself, uh, don't, don't, you know, belittle your like athleticism either. If you wanted to, I'm sure you could play in our, oh, I, uh, I'm not belittling.
0: Late. I'm, I, I have fun playing soccer with my kids and my husband now but um how old is Will when is his birthday his birthday is June 18th so he is like two so, and a half okay so you twins were born in March okay okay our so you're not late, quite yeah. pandemic babies just after the well I guess you were, oh no uh, yeah Will year, was yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah Will was in, in 2020 because we were at the yeah. very
0: start of the pandemic yeah in March, okay so we're in you June. were
1: the okay. very beginning yeah
0: so, yeah, it was a kind of a crazy time to have kids, as you know. Like- it was. And Heather, I, I want to take the time to just thank you. And I want to thank you, you know, out in the open and publicly because we went through a hard time during the pandemic having twins. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. it was a hard time for everybody. But um, you were one of the few people who can make me cry on my own show, <laughs> who mm-hmm. really reached out. Um, you wanted to come bring your kids, give playdates with my kids while I was in rehab. Um, you were there and, and it meant a lot. And I know we didn't take you up on the offer because Jeremy is very proud of a father and he was here every day while I was in rehab for 30 days. He was here every day. Um, and he took a lot of a lot of pride in that. Um, truly an amazing man. But I just wanted to thank you because you were willing to do whatever it took to, to be there for my downfall and my family. So thank you, Heather.
1: Oh, well, thanks for saying that. I think that like that's what teammates do. that's what teammates do we that's teammates what you hope for, teammates
0: do <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we were teammates for over ten years, hope, and like maybe we're you know weren't like best friends necessarily, but like at the end of the day, like I think all the things that we went through, like together on the national team, like you know you should you should have each other's backs and I believe in that and um yeah I'm, I'm just thrilled that the the kids are good and healthy and and you seem to be really healthy and um and and, and happy and I'm sh- I'm glad that you guys got through that storm.
0: Yeah, it was it was the pandemic was tough for everybody and then you add twins to it. Oh goodness. Yeah, it was it was a tough tough year, but um, I don't think I have any more pride than being a mother of my two beautiful kids, even more so than winning that world cup with you in 2015. I
1: know. I mean, isn't it an amazing, like, well, even still, like I'm, I'm saying like, okay, I like, I do some TV stuff. I do some coaching. It's fine. I'm like, nothing beats playing. And as soon as I say like nothing beats playing, I'm like the only thing that beats playing is being a parent in my opinion. Like it is being a parent is so, so special. And I know that you, you feel that too. Um, so how are the twins doing? What are the, like the what are their little personalities like right now?
0: Oh, uh, well, Vittorio's being a little bit of a bully. And Lozen is the sweetest little girl in the world. But they play well together. But you know, they're learning to share. They're twins, they're almost three years old. They'll be three in March. So two and a half plus years old. So they're right in that stage where everything is theirs and they want it to themselves. And Yeah, try and take it and snatch it. So we're teaching a lot of manners. They say please and thank you all the time. My little girl now is saying, "Mama, I love you so much." It's like melts my heart every time she says it. Oh, it's the best. Yeah, no, it's just. I mean, I can't get enough cuddles from from these kids. But of course, like my energy is completely gone because all of it goes to them. But. Anyways, I know everybody wants to hear us former soccer players talking about parenting, and I'm glad to have an episode on that. But I did, at the very top of the show, I actually wanted to take the time um, to, to really pay the respects to both of our good friend, Grant Wall. Um, you know, I think Grant, and, and you're, you see everybody speak about him now, but I always knew that he was kind of the moral compass to the soccer community and he was very kind to me my entire career Um, kind to everybody that I saw him around but he held soccer accountable he held U.S. soccer accountable he held coaches accountable and he held players like us accountable he truly was that moral compass and I just wanted to take the time to really reminisce about Grant Wall maybe you can share us share with us some of of your interactions and the stories that you remember. Um, and I have plenty of my own. So I was hoping we could take the time to really just show our respect and reminisce about Grant Wall. Um, obviously he is a huge loss to the soccer community.
1: Absolutely. I think um, Oh, it's, it's good to, yeah, to take, uh, to take some time to celebrate this amazing man. I mean, what a bizarre um, and crazy couple of weeks it's been and, and sad. Um, so Grant, like you, you know, I just started to have a relationship with him as a journalist. Um, you know, post-game, would always see this guy around, would see his articles pop up. I knew I knew that he was always special because I remember him doing like a cover story for SI with Mia, and then he did a cover story for SI with LeBron. And I was I kept seeing this name pop up. Covering these really incredible stories, so I knew that he was obviously the guy in uh, in soccer journalism. And but always just had like a professional relationship with him while I was a player. And uh, he actually did a really nice piece. He came to Rio for the Olympics, and he did a nice piece on me um, when I served in the alternate role, which was you know clearly like not the role that I wanted in that event. And it was really challenging time for me. Um, but he did a really, like, lovely piece about me being there and and trying to help the team. And um, so I'll always, like, be really grateful that he saw value in doing an article on players that weren't even, like, on the pitch. Um, so that's sort of when I started to, you know, grow a, you know, I guess a fondness of him and, and our relationship sort of was morphing from being a player to, uh being more of a peer and we didn't work together a ton but we worked together a little bit with fox um in 2015 and then since then you know I, it's just we've been on a couple different panels and things together so just professionally our lives have have kind of intertwined and um actually just a few weeks ago I was uh, just on the fence uh if I wanted to come over here to Qatar obviously for personal uh reasons uh starting I think just with my family, like it's just it's tough to be away and when I have these two small kids and then and then obviously like um, yeah there's uh, conflicting emotions around this World Cup being here in Qatar, how it was won, um you know how it was named to be in Qatar 12 years ago uh, and you know everything that's gone on with uh, the stadium building, um, you know the the treatment of LGBT, in this, you know, in this country, so there was a lot of conflicting emotions, and I, I didn't really know if I, you know, was interested in going. Um, and actually, the last interaction that I had with Grant was an email exchange a couple of weeks ago, and I just basically wrote him like a one or two liner, like, "How's it going over there? I'm, I'm sitting on an, in, an invite from FIFA. Like, do, should I come? Should I not come? Like, what's what's the vibe?" And it it was, I think, interesting because like I wrote him just like a one or two sentence uh, email and he writes me back this like thorough, probably like four or five paragraph, like took so much time um, for me. And like I said, like we were, it's not like we were best, best buds or anything, but he just, he really carved out a really thoughtful and kind email response, well thought out you know, talked about his experience over here. And, and at the end was, I think, encouraging that I should think about coming in order to, you know, to like, yeah, be the change or to like, see what, you know, where I can make impact for good, um, and be a change agent rather than just, you know, where I'd be right now, I guess on my couch, like on Twitter, like complaining about things that I disagree with, you know, it's, um, and so I yeah, that's my last memory of Grant is is basically like me taking two seconds to blast him a question and him being like so thoughtful and kind in his response. And and we were meant to get a, you know, get a coffee here when when and if I did come. Um, and so, yeah, just and, and, and even, you know, just passing the media, the media center here in Qatar, like as soon as I walked past it, I thought of Grant, like I just associate him so much with. These tournaments and um, yeah, really kind of surreal and crazy time that I think a lot of people in our world are are pro- still processing. And and my condolences, of course, to his family and and those uh, those loved ones.
0: It's crazy to me that your um, I guess relationship with Grant really evolved in 2016 when you were an alternate. My relationship with him started at the beginning of my career. So my, uh, first actual world cup when I'm starting was in 2007. And obviously you were there on that team and you know what happened where I got benched for the semifinal against Brazil. And I spoke out against, uh, the decision to be benched. And he was really the only, and you're used to, (laughs) you know, Forgive me for saying this, but this is the truth. You're, you're used to some pretty shitty journalists when it came to women's soccer, especially at the time. I mean, we're used to the beau of the world, <laughs> the laughable beau You know, you're going- I like, beau. I you like beau. Well, you can like Beau all you want, but in terms of integrity, in terms of the way they write this, uh, uh, Grant Wall is on a whole different level than a beau who tweets out stupid shit all the time. Anyways, we were filled with, with really irresponsible journalism, I think, on the women's game for a long time, not just irresponsible journalism, but they weren't professional. And then there was Grant. There was Grant, and he just rose above everybody else. And I remember there were so many times where I didn't do interviews during Olympics or World Cups, and I'd walk through the mix zone. And out of respect, I would look at Grant just to be like, hey, I'm not doing interv- any interviews, and you know this, but if I were to do an interview, it would be with you. And I would give him the nod of respect. And in 2007, when I did get benched, he was the one that was like, there's more to this story. Let's let's actually peel the layers back and figure out, you know, I lost my father. I lost my best friend prior to the tournament. I'd been a starting goalkeeper for three years. All the media wanted to jump to the conclusion that Brianna Scurry and I hated one another, but really he was like, they actually really respect and love one another i had a great relationship with brown is great but this is what he did he found the deeper layers of the stories and he held everybody accountable and those are my first memories with him was in 2007 and he introduced himself to my entire family and to my coaches at the university of washington leslie and amy um treated everybody with respect and and uh, he pushed for excellence. Um, and he just really wanted to understand every individual. So whatever story was the headline, he wanted to find out so much more. He always knew there were more layers to the story. And and that's why I respected him. And, and, you know, I can't imagine, you know, I, I didn't get inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, last year, because I had my personal issues going on. And, and I delayed it to this year. And I always thought, Grant was the only person that I would speak to, to write about my Hall of Fame induction. And man, it it feels like a huge personal loss, but that's selfish. You know, he actually, he, his, you know, Celine, Celine, um, when I was trying to get pregnant in 2016, before we went to Brazil, Jeremy and I were trying to have kids, trying to get pregnant. And I was very open with Grant about that because he knew that I had problems with Zika. Like, I didn't know uh, if, I, if I should go and put my body at risk, my family's potential body at risk. I didn't know what to do. And he put me in touch with Celine. And we got on a Zoom call. I saw her and she took the time, carved that time out of her day to talk to a, a nervous Olympian. She doesn't even care about sports. But this is how much it meant to Grant to make me feel comfortable that he put his wife on a Zoom call, you know, and she obviously had a lot to do in her life, um, but she took the time. And so to not have Grant and Celine at my next year's Hall of Fame is is really difficult. Um, but I do hope that he rests in peace and my condolences goes out to his entire family as well and the soccer community as well.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And if they're, you know, like, uh, I know that it was probably... 40 years sooner than we would have liked Grant to leave, uh, this planet to be, uh, doing what he, <laughs> he loved to do at a world cup, uh, and, and, and surrounded by, you know, people in the industry that just adored him. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, he did yeah, go yeah. out doing what he loves. Exactly. Rest in exactly. peace. Grant. Well, at this point, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with you shortly.
1: Buck O'Neill dedicated his life to teaching us about the heroes of the Negro Leagues and demonstrating that you could get further in life with love than you could with hate. Now is our opportunity to say thank you to this legendary man. Join the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum as we celebrate Buck's long-overdue induction into the National Baseball Hall of Fame by supporting our Thanks a Million Buck campaign. It's an effort to raise at least $1 million by fans donating a buck or more in support of the NLBM. Remember, every buck counts. To donate, visit thanksamillionbuck.com.
0: All right, Heather, let's talk about the World Cup. Um, I've had, you know, this is the sixth edition. Um, you're my sixth guest during the World Cup. So we've had a lot of debate about soccer in America, how the men's team did. And so I would like to get your quick analysis before we talk about the final standing two teams. I would like to get your take on how the American side did.
1: Um, it's a great question. Uh, I, I would say I come away with the feeling that it was a successful world cup for our guys. I think to come out of the group, um, was a big goal. I don't think that that was a given, um, considering, you know, the other quality sides in our group. So I think we got out of the group. I think, um, a good result against England, I think was always, is always good for American confidence. So many of those English guys are names that a lot of Americans know. Um, so it's just like, I think a positive feeling for the country that like our young team can really truly not only hang with, they probably outplayed, you know, many of the guys that we see week in and week out in the premier league. So, um, it's, I I came away with it as, as a positive event, obviously I'm a, you know, ruthless competitor. So it would have, uh, it would have been good to, to get a little bit farther, but I think obviously, you know, everybody's looking at 26 as being, uh, the event that we can really, you know, make a, make us run in. Like, I think that by 2026, like being a home tournament, having a, uh, you know, a core group of guys that have been there. Um, I don't think we should have expectations any less than you know, quarterfinals for our guys. the The way that I sort of looked at, you know, their game against the Netherlands it was just like, it just seemed to me like this was a top ten opponent in the Netherlands playing against a top twenty opponent in us. And, like that's just kind of the difference of the quality. Like that's just and and there's nothing. Embarrassing about saying that. Like, we are a top 20 team in the world, which is respectable. And in order to, yeah, we got to, like, we got to make some gains in order to get, become, you know, a top 10 team. And uh, that might be a boring answer, but that's kind of like what I, what I saw from the group. I really like Tyler Adams. I think he had a wonderful tournament.
0: You know what, Hale? I, I, I don't think your answer is boring at all. I think it's just simply to the point. We're more like, right. a- 20 ranked team and we still haven't broken into the top 10. Right. Um and, and there's a difference and you're going to see the difference on the pitch. You obviously see the difference. I love Tyler Adams too. Um but then man, I just do not understand it like it, I can't I I I can't understand how you don't track back in a in a World Cup match. You know, it's a knockout round game. That that's something maybe I mean you're a coach I don't think it's something <laughs> you coach. I think that's in the heart. Like you get back for your players for your team. It's a knockout yeah. round game. I I just don't understand that. You know the silly fouls in the back. It makes me question Burhalter a little bit. I know he's done great with the team. Got them qualified. They went far. They played great against England. But it's it's the little things, and you know this. It's the little things mm-hmm. that at the you know when you're playing better teams that will mm-hmm. allow you to have success we've seen that we lost mm-hmm. in japan in in 2011 when we had two different leads in that particular game yep. and we lost and it, and it had to do and, and i'm at fault for that because i got up too quickly i went down i don't know if you remember this but i went down um late in the game um i went knee to knee with a japanese player on a 1v1 and i was rattled my knee really really hurt and i was i was really rattled it was ble- i thought i i thought i blew my knee out and so i was foggy you know and then all my defenders around me were kind of like worried about me and i got up and i should have i should i should have stayed down and made sure everybody was okay but i got up cuz i was tough you know and i got up and I didn't really communicate as much as I should have to Rachel Bueller and to all these players around me being like, we're fine, get your head in the game, mark the fuck up, we're good, we're good. I didn't do that. I just, I got back into the goal and, and there was a corner kick and they scored off the corner. And I feel like I was responsible for managing the game at that point. But managing the game is something you can't overlook. And I'm not sure that Greg Burhalter really taught those intricacies that is needed to get to the next level.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, definitely a lot of people would say that a coach shouldn't a coach on the national team shouldn't stay for more than a cycle. And and if if Berholder got him to the, you know, a, a solid point and it's time for somebody else to take take the reins, like I wouldn't be shocked to see that happen. Um I I think if I was you know like making those decisions, I think that he um I don't see anything fireable in what he did. Yeah. Um,
0: so I, maybe, would, I would. Maybe like he learns from it, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking about a very um, costly error. In in yeah, the, the, let's just talk about that track back ball. That was a costly error. I think obviously he had some management uh, challenges. Uh, we've kind of come out and, and heard a little bit about, you know, Rayna and, and things that, you know, went on the lead up to the game. So I don't know. I don't, I don't see anything like fireable in the performance or in anything that he's done. I think he's, I think he's done a nice job. I would keep him around for another cycle, but, um, but yeah. I also wouldn't be shocked if that's not the decision that's made. It's a tough business, you know? Yeah,
0: it is. But you know, he got these players inspired, you know, he is looked at as a hero right now in the United States. So four more years, you look back, you watch every game, you look where you made your errors and you learn from it. And hopefully we will be a top 10 contender. I would say more than that. You said quarterfinals.
1: Yeah. I mean, I said quarterfinals and then I'm saying, yeah, top 10. So yeah, you're right to call me out on that. Like (laughs) is top 10 good enough? Like, cause quarterfinals is, 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 is better than top 10. So, um, but I, yeah, I mean, could can we be a quarterfinal contender in 2026, I think, is a achievable, yet, yeah, like, lofty goal. And I'm excited to see them chase it.
0: I like that. Achievable, but lofty. And we still may see the men win a World Cup before we die, Ayo. I mean, we're not that old. Right? <laughs> it might happen.
1: <laughs> well, I, I hope so. I think, uh, yeah, I think it, it definitely, you know, it
0: definitely can happen. So talk to me about this final. because. Man, I, w- I have so much to ask you, and I know we're running out of time, but I want to know how much you've enjoyed this World Cup, if you have any, you know, family traditions where you watch the World Cup. Um, and then I want to know who your favorite player has been, who your favorite team has been watching, and then I can't wait to hear about your thoughts on Sunday's final.
1: Yeah, no, I've d- I've definitely really enjoyed uh, the World Cup. I have to say, like, so, uh, you know, as you know, like having – two small kids and some of these game times have been like difficult to catch every game. Like I I would be lying if I said that I've watched 64 game or 63. I guess it's it's now. <laughs> um but obviously, you know, I I caught all the, you know, every minute of the US's games and um and and further along, you know, have to have have tried to see as many as I can. Um, I mean, I would love, love, love to see Messi go out. I'm a big messy fan. I mean, I think that he has just brought so much joy to uh, the world uh, throughout the last couple of decades. Uh, so, I mean, I've I I had said Argentina was going all the way. That was your team. From that the was beginning. my
0: team. Wow! You can okay. hear
1: it on BBC. I do a <laughs> podcast with BBC World
0: Service. Well, I'm not surprised you're a Messi fan. Yeah, I mean, uh, who
1: isn't right? But
0: uh, did you say you do a podcast?
1: Yeah. I do, a, I, I do a weekly podcast with world football. Uh okay. And um, yeah, Pat Nevin is a, another former player that's on it pretty much every week with me. And he said France was going to win it. So we're coming Ooh. out looking like right now. Well, one of us will be more of a genius than the other one. But um, yeah, I, I think I, I've been pleasantly surprised about France because I thought that like they, their injuries, um, you know, I, I, I was like devastated when Conte couldn't play. Mm-hmm. Because he's just like, yeah, I mean, what of like just the spine of that team? And I thought that they had maybe like
0: too many holes. I was devastated when Benzema couldn't play,
1: yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, and to talk about players that I've like loved, like Benzema's out, and like Giroud has like completely stepped up. He's, I was watching him yesterday, it was the only live game I got to France Morocco. Uh, what an atmosphere that was, but, uh, is 36 years old and he was like just covering ground, like fit pressing when he needed to, uh, he's obviously scored some fabulous goals in the tournament. So he's somebody that I like, you know, obviously he's 36, he's seasoned veteran. Um, but he's like somebody I look at, I'm like, he's one of the best players in the tournament like Griezmann as well. Um, been
0: playing incredible. He's been playing, I, I can't believe he's it.
1: Been playing amazing. Like yesterday, yeah. even like with the ball, of course, making really good choices, but without the ball, he's just like work like works. It, their front line was just like really working well together and all their pressing movements. And, um, you know, Mbappe, I think brings out maybe the best and the best in his teammates. I don't know, but that I, they, they didn't show too many holes yesterday, obviously you know they are in the finals so
0: well i don't think they played well against england to be honest so i think they had their their game that was not on par for their ability um which is it's sometimes good to have and you still win and you still go on in the tournament so yep. i imagine that fans will being their best game because i i wasn't impressed in in their match versus england and what do you think about that harry kane miss penalty what do you have to say about that
1: It's tough. I mean, you know, you can look back, obviously, in hindsight, it's like, should the same player take a penalty a second time in a game? Kelly
0: Smith would say yes.
1: Yeah, everybody
0: is writing. England is writing on Harry Kane to put that away every time. I
1: don't think I don't think I have a problem with a player taking another one.
0: I mean, I think I might really think about it. Think about our World Cups, right? I'd be nervous for Carly Lloyd to step up the second time. It's like put it away the first time, then maybe Abby comes in and takes one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel Yana. It's a lot of pressure on one player.
1: We'd have to ask Carly if she's done that. I I feel like Pino has definitely taken back-to-back penalties in the same game. I seem to remember.
0: Very true. But um, in 2019.
1: Yeah, I mean, hey, you gotta have like the ability to go freaking both ways and down the middle like you have to be able to do it all like in order to be that person that's but called over the goal hail hey, oh, was that yeah no it was, again, right? it's Ooh. a moment of Ooh. that he'll regret the rest of his life clearly um yeah we talked about the the costlier from ty you know from tyler adams as well it's like they'll replay that over and over and over and it's like just this one moment where he just let his concentration slip I mean, wonderful player, wonderful leader, seemingly like a great guy. I've always heard wonderful things about Harry Kane. And so it's just like he, the tournament was theirs. I thought that the tournament was theirs. Um, It was there for the taking for England. So uh, definitely disappointing. Um, Yeah, a a moment of not concentrating. And uh, yeah, he let that
0: slip. But this final on Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern between two powerhouses when it comes to the game like I can't I can't imagine a game that I've been more excited for in a very long time France versus Argentina you have star power with Mbappe and with Lionel Messi I mean two of the best players right now in the game yes I'm a Ronaldo fan and Portugal was my team but I always bet and go with my heart not with my brain my brain told me France was going to win it by the way so I will say that but my heart wanted Portugal um The star power, you know, I mean, Lionel Messi, Mbappe. Do you think we will still be talking about Mbappe 10 years from now, the way we talk about Lionel Messi? Hmm.
1: Um, I think that his stats might be as good. I don't know if he will be as revered. Hmm. I don't know if it, I mean, his playing style is very graceful. I was actually thinking that like, he reminded me a lot of Thierry Henry, like uh, at, in a, in his best, like in his Arsenal days, like just so fast, so graceful, like good good decision making, good pat like passing ability, but like maybe not the same like get people out of their seat kind of you know, like admiration that Messi has. He's put this spell on the entire globe, and he's made people fall in love with his style. I think maybe it is because he's like a smaller guy, and and like there's a little bit of like. David versus the Goliath kind of like, <laughs> like, uh, you know, people want to get behind that. And so, um, I think that their stats might be similar. Mbappe is like, he's incredible. Um, and you know, he's, he's still so young. Um, so, but, but will there be another like love affair with him the way there is with Messi? I don't know if that's, hmm. um, I don't know if that's in the cards, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you. I I really didn't think Lionel Messi was gonna get his Cinderella send off, you know. I I I didn't I didn't see it. But now that he's gotten to the semifinal, they move past the semifinal, they're in the final. That was the best game I've seen him play in a World Cup. I mean, he was yeah. off the ground, running his butt off. He usually likes to walk around, you know, conserve energy, all of that. But he was getting off the ground after tackles. He was making plays, he was running, and I'm like, all right. If you pull that off in the semifinal, I think there's another level in the final. And so I, I truly think this is going to be one of the best sporting events that we've seen in our lifetime come Sunday. France, Mbappe, Griezmann, Giroud versus Lionel Messi and company. I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it's going to be fun. 10 o'clock. Are you going to the game?
1: Well, it's funny that you asked that because I have a ticket. I'm here. I could go to the game, but my family um, back home, I like my my mom and dad and brothers, December 18th has been like circled on the calendar for a very long time that that was our family Christmas Day. And I think family comes first in this um, instance. And I think I will be going home the day before the final. Um
0: Dave thinks. Love, crazy your love your family. Love your family. I know. But uh, hey, okay. Oh, oh no. On. Do you
1: think I missed you, should I miss the flight? Oh can I can know. we move
0: Family know. Christmas to December 20th? Maybe? What's yeah, what's wrong with the 20th? The what's 20th wrong with the 20th? Like, okay. yeah. Well,
1: all right. Well, I appreciate it. Um, hey, oh. I know. I your know your family
0: will forgive you at some point in time. <laughs> 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 and tell yeah. your family hello, by, by the year. way. Yes. Oh
1: well, thank you um tell your mother, well uh hello. can
0: i get a prediction before you get off here yeah uh i think
1: there's gonna be goals i think there's gonna be goals scored uh oh god uh let's go
0: 2-2 and then argentino wins in penos i've been i've been messing with the 2-2 scoreline, but i'm gonna go Oh, I feel like a three, two game. That's what everybody wants. Right. Goals, goals, goals. I don't know. I, it's hard for me to say Argentina. Like I can't even get it out of my mouth. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, should I say three, two France? I'm going to go two, two penalties.
1: Two, two penalties.
0: Same with me. And France wins in penalties.
1: OK, well, they're, that, it's going to penalties. I have Argentina winning. <laughs> I just want to see Messi, like, get this monkey off his back with the I penalties. And, but I mean, yeah, he's playing out. He's playing amazing. So maybe he can get it done in, in regular time. We'll see.
0: You heard it right here from one of the best in the game. She is a legend in her own right. Man, Heather O'Reilly, thank you so much for coming on. Hope Solo Speaks. I love you. I miss you. I wish we were still teammates.
1: Oh, thank you. Thanks We're for having me We're teammates in life,
0: though, right? Teammates for
1: life, Says Yes. All right. Keep <laughs> up the good work and, and good singing. You. you. seem great.
0: Hope Solo Spinks is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. Series XM Podcasts.